0: So it's live now, and mainly the thing that I want to say is I've been playing a lot of FIFA 20. I messaged you uh, for yeah. this weekend. Uh, I was playing it like nonstop when I got it. Then I stopped playing it for like three or four months, and I started <laughs> playing it again. And one of the things I did is I've started increasing the level because i mean, i mean—I was killing teams like 15 nothing. You know? Yeah. So then I increase it to like pro level, then from pro to like all pro, from all pro to all star, whatever, and you kind of keep going up. Um, and what I realize is that as you increase the levels of sports shows. I mean, sports shows, sports games, right? You're increasing the bullshit, right? <laughs> is what it is. Exactly. Because I've got guys on my team. I I specifically went out and got guys who had like 95 pace, 90 pace, like really fast guys, and they're getting chased down by fullbacks. You know, and I know some of those wingbacks are fast, right? But I'm saying like a midfielder, like a, a Yuri Teelsman, whose speed is like 81, and he's chasing down like Adama. I don't think so. You know. <laughs>
1: I mean, there's a lot of that anyway in FIFA. Just because it's 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 harder to sprint with the ball than you think it is. But also, the thing with FIFA is when you go up, is I think the injuries go up to your players, which is whack. And then, uh, like the random touches, like the random goals, that goes up too. It's it's ridiculous. It gets hard when you get up there, man. Well,
0: I'm at the I'm at one level below world class right now. World class
1: is rough. It's and, rough. And I guess
0: it's a- The thing that's bothering me is the only guy on my team, like I mentioned to you, that doesn't have a lot of pace, is Mason Greenwood, who his uh, speed and uh, acceleration is like 81, 82, and so he's one of the slower guys in the front of my offense, and yet, despite his slowness, I can't hit him with lead passes because they get intercepted every time, but in like set plays like he just finds the goal like he just is right where he needs to be so.
1: i mean that's what he does in real life too the, the kid just has a knack for goals he's super young i mean as you know i'm pretty sure he's 19 right now and i mean he just has a knack for goals the kid's a stud he's, he's an up-and-comer for sure and he's through the system too he's been he's been with united for a long long time all
0: right well thank you everybody for listening to our video game rant we are going to kick things off with our video you may notice a little bit different intro and then we're going to talk about that in just a second. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we
1: made it our name. And
0: we're still here.
1: Jordan. Oh, a spectacular move by Michael Jordan. The drives
0: one out to deep left field. This one's got a chance to get out of here. go! Three runs, Jimmy Jack, first big league home run for Mike Trout. Pass is intercepted at the
1: goal line by Malcolm Butler. And an 81-point game, 55 in the second half.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed the 2nd greatest short performance in NBA history. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Infinity Sports. Obviously, I'm here. I'm Wayne G. I'm hosting along with Sully.
1: Who's going on? Let's go, let's Wayne.
0: Not much, man. Oh, actually, a lot. Actually, so <laughs> the, uh, the big thing going on right now, obviously, if you've noticed from the beginning of our intro video, some of the graphics we have here right now, we have made a switch from the All Access Sports Network, formerly RTF, to Belly Up Sports. Uh, A little bit bigger network, uh, a lot more shows. We're kind of fitting in there as the new guys. And hopefully everything goes really well with this transition. I do want to say thank you, thank you, thank you so much to Michael Buckheister, who's the CEO of All Access Sports, because he really brought us on when we were FBAS. We had three followers, my wife, Jesse's mom, and I think your girlfriend. uh, And and really helped us grow the show to the point that, you know, a larger network would be interested in picking us up. So thank you so much, Michael, for, you know, having us.
1: Yeah, obviously. First and foremost, thank you to, to RTS Sports Now, All Access Sports, um- for like you said for giving us the shot you know putting us giving us a platform to speak our word uh you know we were obviously a nothing show and you know we've grown to the point that you know now we can't go to a bigger network and you know we wish RT, our all access sports all the all the best and and hopefully they can grow their network and their shows as well but you know we're we're excited for the new opportunity with belly up sports um i like the name i, I like the idea that they had and, and where they're going with it and really excited for the future and see where it can go obviously
0: Absolutely, and obviously you're watching us probably live on Facebook Live. You can see here 7 p.m. Mondays and Wednesdays currently, as well as you can find the shows on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, that's a new one, and a YouTube. You can check out the live uh, video, which you definitely want to do, as well as uh, replays of the video. And you can reach out to us, as always, on our uh, webpage, as well as Facebook at Infinity Sports Podcast, Instagram at Infinity Sports Podcast, and Twitter at sports infinity five. We will respond as it says in red. And like I said, visit the website as well. We have a uh, great merchandise. Oh, I took down the merchandise so I think I got to add that in later. Uh, but the big thing with belly uh, up sports is they're a huge blog site. I have a new blog up right now. It is the goat debate. It is Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. Everybody's talking about this particular debate. I had a debate with Brandon about it on the man hour show really to me. These two guys are so close now, and it keeps getting closer and closer every year, especially every year that LeBron wins a championship. So I just did an article basically outlining these are the positives for Michael. These are the positives for LeBron. No negatives for either one. And kind of, like, you decide. Because I hate tearing down one guy to build up the other.
1: I I as well. I I do hate that as well. And, you know, I think it's kind of a tough – it's a double-edged sword. So when you say, well, LeBron's lost six finals, well, you got to get to ten to lose six you know and win four so i mean there's that's a that's obviously a positive to be able to get to 10. uh like you said there's positives in each side it, you know it's 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 almost an era argument at this point you know which guy did you grow up watching uh because obviously you know and i say the old heads you know I, i'm 33 you know and you're 38 you know or 40 whatever <laughs> however old you are uh you know we're not old but you know that's kind of more era was was Michael than LeBron and and so we kind of fall right in the middle or at least I do uh and you know I'm split kind of down the middle like you said it gets closer and closer every year so uh, it's tough to see a a future where LeBron doesn't pass MJ
0: it is tough depending on how long he continues to play I don't let lend any credence to the whole six and zero, you know, six finals, six wins, because LeBron also never lost in the first round. He's been the ten finals, and I think getting there on ten times is impressive. I mean, you have to, even if you went zero and ten, just getting there ten times is ridiculously impressive.
1: Exactly, and like you said, the not losing in the first round, I mean, that's huge. Like that, that's massive, and and nobody ever kind of throws that out against MJ. You, you know, oh, it was his rookie year. Well, LeBron brought his team to the playoff, you know, and things like that with a scrub ass Cavs team and made it to the finals with a team that you probably could have started on if went in your heyday. Like, you know, so like, let's be real. I I mean, I love them both. Um, I know you fall with, they're not even the goats. So, uh, and I know you probably had to throw that in the article somewhere.
0: It's at the very end.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Of course I knew it not to spoiler alert the article, but yeah, we won't say who it is, but if you're friends of the show, you obviously know who, who, uh, Wayne has this his number one.
0: that yeah, that's a whole another blog I could write.
1: And I think you have actually, haven't I you? I have, Yeah,
0: I could get more in depth on the
1: statistics though. Yeah, um, I'm sure you could.
0: So that's all I really had pre news. Uh, so let's get into the news, which is everybody's favorite uh, section here. Okay.
1: The news. You didn't do it. Hey, that's cool.
0: So the first thing I want to say about the news is the news believe it or not is brought to you by Invader Coffee. This is a partner of uh Belly Up Sports. They have uh, this coffee drink Invader Coffee. It is actually veteran owned uh this business and uh, they make organic. It's all organic. It's all um you know free trade farms. Uh it's air roasted and they got a couple different blends. You got a uh, you know, rum blend you've got uh fsu blend black heart i'm not sure exactly Doesn't. i'm not a big coffee drinker myself but what i do know is that if you visit um you know invadercoffee.com to their website you enter the code belly up 15 off the entire order so basically if you're going to spend the money on the coffee anyways why spend full price you know i don't care if, if somebody's give me a 15 coupon anywhere i go i'm using it so sure.
1: 100%. And I'll tell you what, folks. I'll let you know here in about a week or two how good the coffee is. I'm getting it. I'm going to order it up. We're going to try it out. Uh, my lady's a coffee fiend, uh, so we'll let you know ASAP. I'm sure it's fantastic. So you got to get that. 15% off? I mean, that's a deal. I can smell the savings.
0: <laughs> it smells just like Folgers, better. <laughs> 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 All right. So the first bit of news that we have, Sully should be excited about this. The World Series is still going on. Last night, excited. the Dodgers take uh, game five to go up three games to two. Game four, though, you were crazy excited about that.
1: For the bottom, right? I mean, game four was obviously bonkers. It was angels in the outfield type stuff. And then it holds a special close to my heart. Uh, Brett Phillips, you know, it went to my high school, graduated years years behind me, seven years behind me. But uh one of my younger friends is real good friends with him, uh, and and obviously just a part of that community. And and for him to do it, you know, for his hometown team and things like that, is amazing. I, I mean, it was just a Cinderella story that that moment. I mean, the guy's got two hits all postseason. I think uh, it, it was just incredible. It was incredible.
0: Now the series has gone Dodgers, Rays, Dodgers, Rays, Dodgers. It seems pretty back and forth, pretty close. I know they're playing a game every single day. Do you think the Rays take Game Six and it'll be a seven-game
1: series? I do, um, mostly because of the pitching matchup. We got a break tonight, and and the game will be tomorrow. Um, but it, there's, I think we got Snell against. Right now, they got Gonsolin again. I don't know if they're going to stick with Gonsolin. We'll see. I think it'd be smarter for them to throw Walker Bueller um, and to try to close it out in Game Six. Kershaw only threw 85 pitches throw him out again in game seven if you need to, and then run like a Kershaw, Dustin May, kind of, you know, three innings, three innings, and get your six innings right there from your starters. Uh, that's probably what I would do. I hope they don't because, obviously, I think we have the pitching matchup uh, advantage over over Gosselin if we start Snell.
0: I did see an L.A. fan asking this. if said, you paid $27 million for Joe Kelly. Why is he not coming in in the eighth?
1: Because uh, he's not pitching well at the moment. Uh, that whole bullpen really isn't pitching well. Uh, they're, they got to pick and choose who they bring in and, and kind of pick their spots because that's where we're making a lot of our, you know, damage is, is out of that bullpen. We're crushing their bullpen.
0: All right. So obviously great series. And, And I think the ratings too, they said the ratings for the world series has been higher than the NBA finals. Although I think the NBA came out to hold, debunk that thing that their virtual like views or something like that was like record highs. Um, that didn't count towards the ratings, um, but still, I mean, baseball could be doing the same thing. Although they're kind of old schools, so maybe not. But their yeah. ratings, television wise, are, are better than the NBA
1: Finals. I mean, yeah, it's been an incredible series, and I mean, who doesn't like an underdog story? Let's be real. Uh, I, I mean, I believe I think it's Mookie and Kershaw. Yeah, I think it is. The two of them make up the entire Rays payroll. So I, I mean, that's it's a lot of fun to watch and, and to see this series and what we're doing. Um, Randy Orozarena is obviously a stud. I mean, he's now the career postseason leader, the all-time record leader. He is now the all-time record leader in hits in the postseason and home runs in the postseason, Randy Orozarena. Learn that trivia question in 10 years because nobody will know that name.
0: Well, unless he turns out to be like, well, yeah,
1: I mean like even in 20 years then people forget like, you know, it's like you assume it's going to be somebody crazy and then obviously he may turn out to be a God who knows the way he's hitting in the postseason. It looks like he's got to be.
0: Well, we did some trivia and who holds the record for the most hits in a major league season.
1: Did we do that one? Yeah. I mean, it's, I would assume Pete Rose.
0: Ichiro Suzuki.
1: Does he really? Yeah. Was it like 276? Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. I th- it's somewhere around that. Area. Good for him. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you never know. I mean, this is like 27 in a postseason's bonkers, nine home runs in the postseason. The guy's hitting uh, 300 against righties and 386 against lefties. Like, he's just crushing the baseball. It's just fun to watch. Uh, we're stealing home or trying to steal home. Did you see that?
0: I did see that. Well, I saw a, a picture of it. it still frames. Um, but I didn't see the result or anything like that.
1: Yeah. Well, we were called out. It was close. It was a bang-bang. Um, but we were called out. Uh, But, you know, you got to love it. We got to be aggressive. We got to try and steal runs where we can get them. But, you know, it's tough, too, because I feel like, you know, and I'm biased. I'm a Rays fan, I guess. But I feel like every close call is going the Dodgers way. uh, And that's extremely frustrating. Uh, But, you know, that's kind of how big market versus small market, you know, stuff goes.
0: The next bit of news we have is the NBA coaching carousel is going round and round. <laughs> Dan Van Gundy has been hired as the Pelicans head coach. He is a player's coach. Seems to make sense for a young team to have a guy in there who's very player friendly. I would have rather gone with more of a college coach type mentality because these guys are young. You can still impress on them. You don't have to have a player's coach with guys who are 19, 20 years old. Um, meanwhile, his brother, who's a little bit more of the kind of uh, you know, drill sergeant type, He's being interviewed for the Rockets. I believe he was the Rockets head coach at one point, uh, but he's being interviewed there as a Rockets head coach. I don't like that hire. I don't like the hire of Jeff Van Gundy for any position.
1: Either do I. Um, I don't like that one whatsoever, especially in Houston. I don't think he's going to – I don't think him and Russell Westbrook and James Harden would fit in at all together. Um, I think that would be a real clash of personalities. Uh, On the flip side, uh, Stan in – New Orleans is a match made in heaven, I think. Uh, I think he's going to get the best out of Zion in that offense. I think he's going to make it fun. Um, I think he understands what they are, which isn't a top four seed. You know what I mean? And let's have fun. Let's grow. If we make the playoffs as a seven or six seed, it's fantastic. That's amazing. You know, obviously, he's going to believe they have the talent, to. But I think it's more of just hey, let's let's make sure these kids have a good mindset that they don't like get mentally down on themselves because that's the only thing that's going to stop Zion right now, is if he hits like a mental block or if he gets injured.
0: See, when I look at that Pelicans roster and I see Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, J.J. Redick, you know what I think is Mike D'Antoni would be a match made in heaven for that.
1: I mean, yeah, I I, I think he's going to get a little tough to hire just because. You know, his recent failures in Houston, I mean, that team was essentially set up to win, I think. And he failed multiple times. Uh, He doesn't have very many successes, you know, outside of Phoenix, you know, and that miracle run with Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire are those miracle runs. And, you know, I just think Stan's the hotter name right now. But I agree. I mean, I think Mike D'Antoni is a perfect fit for any team that already plays decent defense.
0: And uh, the next bit of news here is something that is, again, close to your heart. Antonio Brown is a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I, I felt like this was written all over the place. It was going to happen for a couple reasons. One, everybody and their cousin who's a free agent wants to play with Tom Brady. I'm actually surprised Le'Veon Bell didn't go there. And then, two, Antonio Brown and Tom Brady are very romantic with each other. like They just love each other. And so it just seemed like it was naturally he was going to go to Tampa Bay. I still personally, if I'm a general manager, I don't care how much Tom likes the guy. I wouldn't touch Antonio Brown with a 10 foot pole.
1: I agree, except I actually think this is one of the more perfect spots for AB um, because of those reasons. Also, the the key the key thing that set it off for me I, that the moment I knew we were going to do it was we randomly restructured Ali Marpet's contract, and like the day before. We signed AB and I was like, oh 100% we're signing AB is why would we make the random cap room for no apparent reason? So I knew we were going to get him, but I think it's the perfect situation because of Tom Brady. One, he demands so much respect and he gets it 2 they're already kind of friends. And then three, Bruce Arians will not take any shit. If, if he doesn't like what AB is doing, he'll cut him in two seconds. He's already come out and said, he said, fit in or get out is the exact quote that he said. Um, I don't think he's going to have any issue cutting him in a second if he acts out. So I think that's kind of why it's the perfect fit. Plus, well, I think he's going to get all kinds of touches. So,
0: Well, I was going to say, I mean, Bob Kraft and Bill Belichick cut ties with him after one game, and they still owe him eight and a half million dollars. You know, so I mean they didn't really care about his crap either. But his crap wasn't on the field. By all accounts, he was a great teammate in the locker room and whatnot. It was just that, you know, you're texting your, your baby mama who you're going to court with over abuse charges, telling her to shut her mouth or she's gonna get it or whatever it is. Yeah. Y- you can't do that. Like he just can't oh, do yeah. that.
1: and, and that's part of fitting in and getting in, you know, you gotta make sure that you follow the NFL model and and you know, be a good face for the shield essentially for as as you know, pandering as it sounds. But, you know, you kind of have to be. And I think he'll fall in line. I really do. I think he understands he's got a shot to win a title here. You know, we've got the number one rated defense right now. And our offense is scoring over 30 points a game. Uh, Outside of Pittsburgh, I don't really see a team that challenges us right now. So, you know, it's early. It's very, very, very early. But I'm just saying right now in the season, I think it's us in Pittsburgh. And then, obviously, the Chiefs fighting up there.
0: Well, speaking of the Chiefs, and we mentioned it before, Le'Veon Bell signs with the Chiefs. Uh, he is uh, their backup running back now to Clyde edwards hilaire I think this is a fantastic signing for him. And, and what I like is that basically he did it just saying, "I want to win a Super Bowl. This is the team I think I have the best chance to win a Super Bowl with." You know, I'm sure he could have gone somewhere else and got more money to be a more premier back, but I think he gets his ring here if he shows that he can still hit the holes. They weren't opening up holes for him in New York, so I mean he didn't have a chance to show off anything. But uh, Cle- I mean, Cleveland, Kansas City will open up holes. So if he can show that he can hit those holes like he did in Pittsburgh, I think he can finish up this year, potentially get that Super Bowl ring, and then still get paid while the Jets are paying him as well. <laughs>
1: um, kind of. I-, I think it's a great fit more because of Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and what they can do creatively on offense and how versatile Le'Veon Bell is. I mean, shit. By week 14, 15, 16 in the playoffs, he may be their starting slot receiver. Like, no lie. Like, he legit may be their starting slot wide receiver. Um, He's just that good, and they can be that creative. Um, He's also, I heard, there's there's from both sides, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Le'Veon Bell have both come out and said, Le'Veon Bell contacted Clyde Edwards-Alaire and was like, hey, look, I'm interested in coming there. I don't want you to feel threatened. I'm not here to take your job. I'm not going to – we're going to work together. it was essentially a great teammate before he was even a teammate, uh, which obviously you love to hear. I agree. I think this guy's all in to win a Super Bowl and to essentially prove he's not a a failed player at this point.
0: Well, because he's still only like 26, 27 years old, which I know running backs have a shorter life, but he's still got three, four years before he really is dead as a running back.
1: I agree, and especially too with him – you know, like Darren Sproles was able to be a receiving and third down back way later in his career. I think Le'Veon Bell has, you know, the same receiving ability, if not more. I think he has better receiving ability. So, I think he can stretch his career out a little longer. He just has to swallow the pride pill, which I, it feels like he has now, and maybe become a secondary option in a third down back, which is scary. I mean, scary. <laughs>
0: um- uh, continued NFL moves, Yannick Ngakwe gets traded to the Baltimore Ravens for, I believe, a third-round pick. And I didn't love Ngakwe going to the, uh, the Vikings. I just didn't really love the fit there. And I know that on the other side they had Hunter, who's been sick or whatever. But I just didn't love the fit in Minnesota. I think Yannick Ngakwe in Baltimore, we call matches made heaven. I mean, that's incredibly heaven for him.
1: It's not fair. Like, that's not fair. <laughs> Um, it was a third and a fifth, so they essentially—that's what they—they they traded a second and a fifth. They got back a third and a fifth, so it, it wasn't a failed, you know, essential trade. I mean, it is, but it wasn't, you know. Um, and then Daniel Hunter's now out for the season. It, it looks like Minnesota's just in a trash can. I think they—he tore his pec or something. Daniel Hunter, not to get the conversation off Yannick, but Daniel Hunter tore his pec, and they're about to make have to make him probably the highest paid player not named Aaron Donald on the defensive side of the football field or let him go because it's his contract here so that's going to be a whole new issue but Baltimore the rich get richer they always seem to do this they got Calais Campbell on the cheap too and and he's a monster and a perfect fit for them Uh, you know they're just Lamar Jackson is you know hate to say I told you so but he is what I said he was and you know they just don't look great and I think they're vulnerable to be beaten by a lot of teams
0: Awesome. And this definitely helps bolster a defense that I think is already scary.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then the, the, the real thing is, I think they knew they needed it. That's why they went ahead and made this move as Pittsburgh looks great. You know, Kansas city obviously looks good and, and beat Baltimore already. So I think they know they got to step it up.
0: The uh, next bit of NFL news we have here, kind of a thing that rotate Odell Beckham jr. Done for the season with a torn ACL, um, I mean, bad news for Cleveland. I mean, they weren't really playing great anyways. Uh, And and Odell Beckham Jr., while he's been in Cleveland, has only been a shadow of what he was in New York. Uh, But it's still, uh, you're losing, he's still your number one receiver. and He's down.
1: Yeah. Um, And just kind of the way they were using him more, I think, was was opening it up more. Like, obviously, the game where Jarvis Landry threw in the the Dallas Cowboy game, you know, kind of he blew up a little. But – I don't know. I think they've got a lot of talent out there. Jarvis Landry's a really good player, and Joku's back. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones had an insane catch, and the guy's just an athletic monster. I talked about him coming out. If he can ever refine his skills and be a receiver, he's going to be scary good. Um, I don't know, and I still think they're just going to rely on the run game, personally. Obviously, it hurts missing Odell, but I don't think this team was ever really a contender anyway, just right on the cusp. So I I mean it, it, I still think they are there.
0: And he's a the guy that over the past 2 or 3 seasons has been brought up in, you know, trade talk, like could he be traded. And obviously now that he's hurt he's not going to get traded before the trade deadline, but it could be an off-season thing where is this finally has Odell Beckham Jr played his last game as a Cleveland Brown.
1: I think he may have um I just don't know how great of a fit he is there, which is weird because him and Jarvis Landry love each other. And Jarvis Landry is an all-in guy. You could tell he loves playing in Cleveland and, you you know, things like that. Uh, I'm not really sure. Odell Beckham's issue, I think, is all mental. You know what I mean? If his quarterback's playing perfect ball and throwing him 10 balls, he's the best teammate on the planet. You know, if he's not getting open and things like that and not catching balls, he's a cancer. So I, I, I don't know.
0: See, I kind of like the fit of, you know, he seems very Hollywood. And so I like the fit of maybe him in the Chargers, L.A.
1: Chargers. Ooh, I like him in San Francisco. Um, I think he'd be a really good fit in that offense, in the Shanahan offense, where it's just schemes to get guys open and then let them run after the catch. But in that wide-open offense in Kansas City with Justin Herbert throwing the ball all over the field, I mean, as much as I was right about Lamar Jackson, I've been pretty wrong about Justin Herbert, so –
0: We'll get into that. Um, <laughs> the last bit of NFL news I have before we start getting into scores from week seven. Positive note Ron Rivera has had his final cancer treatment. Um, so, really excited for that. I do hope that we get to a day someday where we don't even have cancer treatments. We'll just have a cure or something like that. I think everybody we know has been touched somehow, some way by cancer. Uh, I mean, my mom lost her battle to cancer. Her dad, my grandfather lost his battle to cancer. Uh, it just it takes too many people. And, and, you know, while my mom was young at 53, what really kills me is seeing it take kids like the eight to 10 year old kids like the same that like crushes me, especially being a dad of like a 12 year old. So uh, congratulations, Ron Rivera. Again, I really hope this leads to more and more and more stories like this you know, across the board.
1: I mean, uh, fantastic. Uh, these are the stories you want to hear in sports. You know, these these guys where they overcome these things, because like you say, cancer is. You know the worst. We, we all know somebody that's been affected by it. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, we I wish we did have a cure. We arguably may and they're just hiding it from us. Um, but, you know, you'd love to see these kind of stories and, and we'd love to see Ron, you know, healthy and back again. So the
0: first game of week seven that I have here is the Thursday night game. It is the Eagles and the Giants. We talk about dumpster fires versus each other. Whoa,
1: whoa. Yeah,
0: 22 to 21. Uh, some of the notes I have from this game here, obviously Carson Wentz, which is Jesse's favorite player, you know, uh, he throws for 359 yards, two touchdowns and an interception, runs for a touchdown as well. Uh, so basically he accounted for all of their, their points.
1: QBR um, over 80 again.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, just a solid play from him when he's not being sacked 12 times. Uh, the thing that I thought was interesting in this game, uh, I have talking points for every one of these games, everybody. So stick around if you're with us.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> is Travis Fulgham. Uh, you know, the guy was a, a fifth, uh, he had five receptions for 73 yards. He's a sixth round pick out of Old Dominion. You know, runs a four, five, eight, not blazingly fast. He is six, two, which is nice. It's kind of like that, uh, uh, you know, prototypical. Per- Perfect Yeah. Runners. But over the last three games, 13 targets, 10, 11, 10 receptions, 6, 5, 152 yards, 75 and 73. I feel like they may have found a steal and could potentially be their number one receiver next year if he continues to kind of – like a Terry McLaurin kind of just keep climbing.
1: Not only that, Greg Ward is is playing extremely well also. Uh, he has his second straight game with a touchdown catch, um, and, and he's performing very well. Again, this is – I think this is more on Carson Wentz than it is on Travis Fogum and Greg Ward. Um I, I we bash Carson Wentz, you know enough. I think even though we both love him, I'm going to give him some credit here. I think he's playing some great football these last four games. Uh, obviously, Travis Fulgham is is a is a great player. He's smooth. Um, it, it, the. You know, going back, I didn't have a, a I, didn't, I hadn't even graded him. But you go back and you look, and, and I look at what other people had said about him, and, you know, he couldn't get separation and things like that. And in the NFL, he's getting separation on these guys, but he's also making incredible contested catches, and that's where he's winning right now.
0: So I read a, a scouting report about him because I wanted to go back into the draft and see. Uh, they do have some tape on him, so he was invited to Indianapolis, which is good. But out of Old Dominion, you don't hear a lot of guys. He did run a 4-5-8. But the scouting report I read on him is that he does create space because he runs exceptionally clean routes.
1: Well he does he run clean routes, but so his his the four five eight and the three cone shuttle was was an extremely poor time too. So he's not like an agile like guy but I mean he, he runs precise routes and he makes great contested catches um, which you know if you have if you have good hands and run good routes, you're probably going to succeed in the NFL.
0: The next game I have here is before oh. we get
1: you are not skipping over Daniel Jones getting sniped.
0: <laughs> I did skip over. So yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't actually see the play. I've seen a thousand memes of him falling uh, on his face.
1: <laughs> bro, Chuck Norris was in the top and just pinged him out. Not just that. So he is the second fastest clocked speed in the entire NFL so far.
0: I saw that. Like uh, Tyree Kill, he's like .06. Tyree Kill,
1: and it's by point zero six. He's faster than any other player other than Tyree Kill in the NFL right now. Now. Most players don't get a 50-yard clear t- chance to sprint, and we'll talk about it from last night, the DK Metcalf play. I want to look and see how fast DK Metcalf was running because I bet you it was it was faster than all of it.
0: It's pretty close, and I do have DK Metcalf in our game as well when we get to that point. It's actually the last game because it was a Sunday night
1: game. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I do want to go over that as well. Uh, the next game I have, because like I said, before we get to my nightmare – Let's get <laughs> your dream here. Which is the Buccaneers forty-five twenty over the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, let me just take a look here. Uh, we do have a quote from uh, David Stanley says, uh, "Danny Dimes versus
1: one hundred <laughs> <laughs> Hey, my dude, David Stanley. What's up, man? Damn, Dave, I ain't talk- So I've known David for God ever, man, ever decades now. That's what's up, man. Uh, I'd love to see that. Danny Dimes is sneaky athletic, man. Sneaky athletic
0: so the the bucks here we got obviously tom brady 33 of 45 369 yards four touchdowns no interceptions um you know david carr who's my guy he doesn't play horribly he throws a pick 285 uh fairly accurate as usual josh jacobs 10 carries for 16 yards i think it's safe to say my number one pick in my fantasy draft this year is dogging it because he's had two good games all season and he's been crap i mean not even mediocre he's been crap like the rest of the season what is going on with josh jacobs
1: i think it's more that offensive line they went from being i'm pretty sure they lost richie incognito i'm about 99.9 percent sure and he was the key cog to that offensive line it appears um and and they just can't move anybody off the ball anymore now you're never going to run on tampa you're, it's just not going to happen nobody really runs on us um but i mean it, like you said he's had a, a strew of bad games and uh, honestly i think You know, Gruden wants to throw the ball a little more, I think. So I think that's got a lot to do with it also. I mean, only 10 carries.
0: Right. Well, and that's the thing is is Nelson Aguilar, uh, who had five catches, 107 yards and a touchdown. He's been looking like a pretty decent pickup. I think he's had a touchdown like the last three or four games. He's getting in the end zone.
1: Yeah, he's playing pretty solid. I mean, you know, there's scheming guys open, which John Gruden's going to do. He, you know, he's a smart offensive coach. You know, David Carr's a smart guy back there. I'm going to start giving him the credit he deserves. Um, he's playing like a like a Pro Bowl quarterback. Um, you know, he's got a chance to break the accuracy record this year, uh, the completion percentage record. Um, he's playing great football. Uh, I'd love to see him get a run game and some help. And obviously that defense is, is just bad, too.
0: And uh, one of the stories I have, I have two stories for this game. One of them is Scotty Miller, six catches, one hundred and nine yards, and a touchdown. Scotty Miller is he the new Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, you know, sixth round pick, five foot nine white guy that just like goes across the middle? and Brady loves those guys. I mean, could this be like his safety blanket?
1: Uh, he was until we signed Antonio Brown Uh, because i don't see much space on the field with mike evans antonio brown chris godwin and and now rob gronkowski finding his form again and and getting you know back-to-back games with touchdowns uh back-to-back games with i think six or plus targets here so i think you know touches are going to be hard to find for scotty miller now but i mean obviously the guy's super talented and you know it's it's a benefit when you've got a Put So much attention on Mike Evans and on Chris Godwin. And then you get these safety and linebacker matchups that Scotty Miller's able to exploit.
0: And then the other uh, story line I have here is Tom Brady, who I was looking at his stats. He is on pace for forty three hundred and fifty two yards, sixty five percent completion percentage.
1: What's that? No, keep going, because oh, I okay. just, no, I just want to make sure I was right about this at the beginning of the season, yeah, which I was, just, was.
0: Nobody was questioning you. We just didn't like you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, he's basically on pace for his 2018 stats there, which is the last time he won the Super Bowl. Um, and then, of course, he's on pace for 41 touchdowns, which would be the second most he's ever thrown in his career. And by the way, he's 43 years old, which we saw Max Kellerman came out and said,
1: Sorry, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) He must have never fell off that cliff. Yeah. I mean, I, I get, I get to say, I told you so kind of a lot this episode. That's awesome. I'll eat my crow later on with the chargers, but right now I'm going to, I'm going to numb this up. I mean, I'm pretty sure those are dead on what I said he was going to hit. I said he was going to hit, you know, 4,500 yards, you know, 40 touchdowns and you guys said no way. Um, Obviously, you know, there's, there's some fan bias, but I essentially thought this would happen and it looks like it's gonna, uh, Byron Lefwich may be a hot name here coming up soon. I think he's, he's running an incredibly good offense and getting guys really open. You don't know how much of that is Tom Brady at this point. So, but obviously it's probably going to get him a job.
0: I will say that is one area where I was wrong and you were right. Like I said, the, the whole time Brady, I knew he was going to do well. I didn't think 40 touchdowns because like I said, He's never thrown forty touchdowns in his career, except for once when he had Randy Moss and he threw fifty. Other than that he's never thrown forty. So the idea that at forty three years old now he's going to have the second best passing touchdowns of his career. I said, even with Mike Webber, Mike Evans and Godwin, no way. and it looks like I was wrong because that's what he's on pace for us.
1: And the wild part is we're still running the football incredibly well. Uh, you know uh, uh, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette combined had over hundred yards. You know, and so we're still averaging 100 yards, or I think it's 90 some odd yards a game. So, I mean, we're going to be tough to beat, man.
0: Deep sigh as we go into the <laughs> <laughs> <49ers> the <laughs>
1: I can to- say it again, man. I'm so excited.
0: Uh, 33 to six, the 49ers absolutely demolish the Patriots. There's really nothing positive I can pull out of this, other than Jimmy Garoppolo, who went 20 of 25 uh, for 277. He did have two picks. One of those wasn't a uh, hail mary at the end of the half, so I don't even really count that one. Um, he didn't have any touchdowns. Uh, Stidham comes in after I think the fourth quarter with 14 minutes to go. Uh, he goes six of 10, 64 yards. Uh, interception which this one so we talked last time he came in and played you know he had the one interception which was tipped by julian edelman should have caught it the second one was actually a really good read it was just too short of a throw this was a bad interception it was a bad read and a bad throw and it just bad but he was still six of ten which is 60 percent and that kind of goes to my talking point for this game since all i really have is is it time to make the switch over to Jarrett stidham because cam newton obviously with 98 yards and three interceptions is not the future quarterback of this franchise. Cidem may not be either, but you're not going to know unless you give him some
1: snaps. Exactly. And and that's where I think they're at as a franchise. Now, we we talked earlier about rebuilding the the New England Patriots. And and you throw the word re, word, word rebuild out there and people think you're blowing up things and and starting over from scratch and and New England doesn't have to do that New England's getting Patrick Chung back they're getting Dante Hightower back you know they need to beef up their offensive line and they need to figure out their quarterback position now you can do that this year by playing Jared Stidham if he is if he turns out to be a ball player well boom then you've got a problem solved and you put all your efforts into fixing the offensive line you know Cam Newton's shown This is why only one team wanted him, and why it's tough to take a year off of football and play, Uh, especially when you rely on your legs. It's just not the same. You're slower.
0: Yeah, and when I watch him throw the ball, he's got a really weird motion where the ball comes over his head, and it's like a weird-looking throw. Um, And that's the other thing too is with Stidham. When I watched Stidham play, is he throws such a tight spiral, and every ball he throws is just it's on a line. It's a it's a straight. it, It looks beautiful. Cam Newton's ball does not look good. Um, it looks better than Brady's. Brady, I hated watching throw the deep ball. Um, but Cam Newton throws just an ugly football. And so I'm hoping after finally seven weeks, I've been you know kind of campaigning for this from week one, put Stidham in. See, Even if you lose all the rest of your games, I wouldn't even make the switch. I could just fucking leave him in, let him lose all the rest of the games. But at least you know at that point.
1: Exactly. At least you know what you have at that point, And you know you can move on and figure out your future. Um, and let's be real, you've been on the Jared Stidham train since August, not week one. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, I mean, that's essentially where they're at. And you can't go wrong. I mean, you know, I hate to say I told you so, but you're going to be lucky if you get six wins this year.
0: Well, they're halfway there. I mean, yeah, and
1: they're not going to get any more. <laughs> it's not trending up, Wayne. <laughs>
0: Uh, the next game we have is the Saints 27-24 over the Carolina Panthers. The Saints uh, improved to four and two. The Panthers to three and four. Uh, Drew Brees twenty nine of thirty six, two eighty seven, two touchdowns. He runs for a touchdown. The thing that kind of blows my mind. And we'll get into the talking point in this game in a minute. But Teddy Bridgewater goes twenty three of twenty eight. He only misses five passes. Two fifty four, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, he runs for ten yards. You know nothing major there. Um, and like I said, I'll talk about Bridgewater in a second. Alvin Kamara, fourteen carries, eighty-three yards, eight catches, sixty-five yards. I think we can just expect you know anywhere from one hundred and fifty to two hundred yards a game out of Alvin Kamara. Yes. Uh, and then uh, you know DJ Moore uh, has two touchdowns. The the first talking point I have before getting into Bridgewater uh, is when are we getting back Christian McCaffrey and Michael Thomas because both these guys were missing, both teams were missing their best player.
1: That's what I'm wondering here at this point. Um, Michael Thomas now has had a litany of issues. He was. Held out one game for getting into an an argument, and then now he's got a hamstring issue. And I mean, it looks like Michael Thomas is coming to become a kind of a diva. Christian McCaffrey, I assume he'll be back, if not next week, the week after. But, oh, excuse me. I don't think with Carolina there's any rush to get him back because what's he going to really do for you? You're going to go from. Four wins to six wins, you know what I mean. So it, it honestly probably hurts you a little bit if he if he comes back and your team does better. Uh, but you know, I'd love to see him back. You know, just because they're like you said, they're the whole, they're the face of the team, essentially.
0: We did get a comment here from uh, Kyle Walter Sweck who says. Some wide receivers, those Pat- Patriots wide receivers, are the worst in the league by far. Yeah. That's
1: right. I forgot. We didn't even mention that. that, that you know they're rebuilding in it. some wide receivers. They got Nikhil Harry and and Julian, an aging Julian Edelman. We both love Nikhil Harry. I think obviously Wayne a little more. I think Nikhil can be a solid number two. But Schweck, by the way, was good dog. We missed you at the fantasy drafts. Love you, fam. Um, but yeah, I agree. And not to get off of Carolina and, and New Orleans here, but. I actually think New Orleans looks bad, man. It, it, if you're having close games with Carolina here, you're not going to contend with with the big dogs of the NFC East. I don't think are the are the NFC. I say the big dogs of the NFC East. <laughs>
0: um. So yeah, getting back to uh, Carolina, the other talking point I have here is you know Teddy Bridgewater. 23 of 28, great accuracy. He's actually fourth in accuracy in the NFL, 70.9%. So 71% of his passes is completing. He is eighth in total yards, 1,676. He's got six touchdowns on the season. Now he's got, you know, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuels. Uh, Matt Rule is supposed to be a genius offensive mind. And yet, why does Teddy Bridgewater, who I think has all the talent in the world, and seems to be showing it in every aspect, except for putting the ball in the end zone?
1: You know, it, it really is kind of a conundrum. They're they're playing solid defense too. Like you know, to only give up twenty seven against New Orleans isn't a, isn't a bad outing. Uh, it, it's really hard to explain. I wish I could explain it to you. I don't. I don't. Under, they're obviously just not you know, converting in the red zone. Um, I know turnovers have, turnovers have been a, a little bit of an issue for them, uh, but they just need to, you know, they're still a very young team. They're in full rebuild mode, you know, so they drafted all players. Every player they drafted last year was on defense, um, you know, so their offense they kind of just rolled with and and it's showing it's it's a little shaky right now.
0: See, and I feel like they have the offensive weapons, particularly when McCaffrey gets back Agreed. Like, to do some stuff. It's just it feel, It's just weird that they aren't, scoring I know it's just weird
1: I agree it's it's really it's it's something that's kind of not able to explain just off the top
0: the bills beat the Jets surprise surprise 1810 yeah. <clears> but they did not cover the spread because I think the spread was like 11 and a half or something <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the good job Jets you know, you <laughs> Yeah, 18-10. to 10. But I will say this, too, the Jets scored a touchdown, and the Bills did not. The Bills kicked six field goals. Uh, so a little bit of a positive if you want to take something out of it, if you're a Jets fan, which hopefully you are not, because that is a sad, sad, sad <laughs> life.
1: Uh, What's worse, being a Cowboys fan or a Jets fan?
0: Oh, boy. You know what? I'm going to say Jets fan because the Jets sucked when the Cowboys were winning three Super Bowls, and now they still suck. So, at least the Cowboys have something they can kind
1: of – Yeah, i haven't been able to have Jets success since Namath, right? Like – Yeah, I don't know when.
0: How, how yeah. far back? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, looking at this game here, Jared Allen, 30 of 43, 307, no touchdowns. Uh, He does Jared run for 61 Allen. yards. Uh, Jared uh, Josh Allen.
1: <laughs>
0: and then uh, – uh, Sam Darnold, which is really my talking point of this game, if there's going to be a talking point for this massacre of a game. 12 of 23, uh, 120 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Obviously, the Jets have gone. They've trade, or they've cut Le- Le'Veon Bell. Nobody would trade for him. So they cut Le'Veon Bell. He's gone. They traded uh, Jamal Adams right off the start of the season. It seems like they're in full tank mode to get Trevor Lawrence And if you're gonna do what Miami did, because Miami like traded all of their good players a couple years ago, just all of them, and now they've got just like 20 first-round picks in the next few (laughs) years, and they're just kind of draft, which seems to be brilliant now. Looks stupid at the time, but brilliant now. It seems like the Jets should probably do that now. Get Sam Darnold a new home because you're killing him, you know. And, And my question is: do they move Sam Darnold before the trade deadline? Probably not. Because I'm thinking, what is his value at this point? It's an all-time low. He was, a, he was a third overall pick two years ago.
1: Yeah, I still would think the consensus around the league is that he could play some decent football. Um, I Obviously, you, you're never getting a first for him. Um, you may find a team to give up a second if they really love the guy, but I would think it's more around a third. Um, you could probably still get a second for him, though. Um I'm trying to think of where even – like a team like Detroit or something like that maybe um, or a team like Atlanta because I think Matt Ryan's kind of done and out the door. Somebody like that who may not have the opportunity to draft a stud this year but then can still get a highly rated prospect who's still got a ton of talent um, for the cheap I think might be a decent little fit.
0: Yeah. Just take a look at a couple of comments we have coming in. Uh Kyle again says, Jets covered.
1: <laughs> shockingly, I think that's their first couple loss. Yeah, he's a, he's a Cowboys fan too." <laughs> so see,
0: like I said, Kyle. I mean, you can at least look back to when Emmett Smith and Jay Novacek and and you know Alvin Harper, Michael Irvin, and, and Troy Aikman were there and they're winning all the Super Bowls. The, like like Dan was saying, the, the Jets haven't won since Joe Namath. So
1: the Cowboys just lost to the Washington football team.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, believe me, I know how bad they are. That's that's oh
1: boy, that's pretty bad.
0: Speaking of which, if you're uh, here's an idea that, got, and we'll get to the Cowboys in a second. Uh, but Sam Darnold, what about the Cowboys
1: for him? I mean, depending on how cheap, I think that's actually a really good fit. Or even I, I saw somebody, you know, uh, Brandon Combs from the All Access Network. I think Jameis Winston might be a decent fit to that team too, if I'm being honest. You put Jameis Winston on the Cowboys and let him slay that tater all over the field to those weapons. The, what's the worst that could happen? Like, literally, what's the worst that could happen? Like, it, I think I think that may be a decent little fit. But, yeah, Sam Donald to the Cowboys makes a lot of sense also.
0: Well, I think a suit boss might have put on there. I thought a better fit. because I, I think Jameis Winston is going to take over as the starter next year in New Orleans. And, and why wouldn't you want to do that? You know? Yeah. Uh, but I think the Cowboys, how about this one that got thrown out there? Again, I don't think it's going to happen. But it makes sense, is Ryan Fitzpatrick to the Cowboys.
1: Yeah. I I don't think the Dolphins will let go of Fitzpatrick, though. No. But I think it makes sense because
0: he can go be the starter there. He throws for a lot of yards. You give him all the weapons.
1: I'll tell you what, they're a playoff team if it's Ryan Fitzpatrick as a quarterback.
0: Well, all you got to do is go 5-11. Uh, and 11, You'll win the – I team. didn't
1: need you to jump on my logic right there. And <laughs> people would have – you know how many people I would have argued? And I've been like, all they had to do was win six times. <laughs>
0: uh, let's see. Kyle says, uh, I like Darnold to the Steelers and Winston to the boys. I like yeah. that. I really do think Winston's going to take over for Drew Brees next year. I think that's just the perfect situation for him.
1: Winston to the Steelers, is, I mean, uh, Donald to the, the Steelers is another team. All those guys, with that aging quarterback, man, actually the Steelers would be nice. Because with all those weapons there, they got a good offensive line. You put a kid with that much arm talent behind that team, whew, they might have not a, a big drop-off if Ben leaves.
0: The next game we have here is the Cleveland Browns 37-34 shootout against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Baker Mayfield looks great, 22 of 28, 297, five touchdowns. If he could play Cincinnati 16 times a year, he'd be a Hall of Fame quarterback.
1: Did you see his second half, though?
0: No, I didn't see what was the second half. His
1: second half was 22 of 23 for five touchdowns. He didn't throw a single touchdown in the first half. And the one incompletion was he clocked a ball. All right. He... (laughs) balled out yeah. in the second half of that game, man. Now yeah, granted, I, I, it's the Bengals. So.
0: I will say this. I'm a big Baker Mayfield fan. And I think he has all the talent in the world. I, Cleveland is a quarterback killer. I don't care how good of a quarterback you are. I know that there was a lot of talk around New England in that draft with Baker Mayfield. The Patriots had talked about moving up to the number one pick to take him. They love him. Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels are in love with Baker Mayfield. And they wanted to move up to number one to get him. I think it was just too steep. Um, and so once the price got too steep, they just said, eh, we'll take Isaiah Wynn or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love Baker I think he reminds me a lot of Brett Favre. I, I said that coming up through the draft process. It reminds me a ton of Brett Favre. You just have to reel in his gunslinger a bit, but I mean, the guy's got the competitive drive to win ball games uh, and, and he's going to do that for you. You know, speaking of quarterbacks on that other side, that boy yeah. Joe Burrow is a ball player, man. He's going to be a, a stud.
0: 406 yards and uh, three touchdowns, Andy ran for a touchdown.
1: He's so good. If you put a team around him, please, Cincinnati, please, Cincinnati, please, please put a team around him. I want to see him succeed so much.
0: Well, uh, I was going to actually bring up he's the talking point I have. Because we talked earlier on in different teams and how, you know, if your quarterback's dropping back 40 times a game, especially a rookie quarterback, that is bad. You are in trouble if your rookie quarterback's dropping back 40 times a game. So Joe Burrow is dropping back 41 times a game. Uh, to give you an idea, Peyton Manning's rookie year, which was – incredible, he threw every time. You know, he was in Indianapolis. Uh, he dropped back 36 times a game. So he's actually passing more than Peyton Manning did. Uh, 270 yards a game to Peyton Manning's 234. So he's dusting them in yards and nine touchdowns to five picks. Peyton Manning had 26 touchdowns to 28 picks. Plus Joe Burrow's completing 65% of his passes. Peyton Manning's rookie year 56% of his passes.
1: Yeah, Joe looks the part. I mean, they just need to god, they just need to get a team around him. He looks like he's a legitimate player. Uh I mean, He's going to be scary. He's going to be a problem in the NFL, and I I love to see it. I really do love to see it. Him and Tyler Boyd, man, that connection looks good.
0: Well, the big problem I'm seeing when I'm looking at his stats is he is being sacked four times a game. Um, And to give you an idea, we talk about it all the time. David Carr uh, was sacked 4.7 times a game uh, when his rookie year, and it destroyed his entire career. I mean, the guy was just nothing after his rookie year. Now, he wasn't throwing for 400 yards and three touchdowns, you know, so... A little bit different, but still, you, you can't have your quarterback get sacked four times a game.
1: No, you can't take that many hits a game. I'm pretty sure he's on pace to get, like you said, 72 sacks a season, which would be. I'm pretty sure that's nope, it's not. But still, I think it's that number's huge. It's it's insane. They've got to find a way to protect him. But again, they're a young football team. They're in a rebuild process too. We can't remember, we can't forget they had the number one pick last year. So let's see what they can do. If they can get a tackle or two in there, whew, that team could be really good, man.
0: Now we did mention it. The Washington football team beats the Dallas Cowboys twenty-five to three, an absolute drubbing. Uh,
1: The The Washington.
0: I believe they both are now in a tie for first place at two and five in that division.
1: Wouldn't Philly (laughs) be in first? I think Philly's two four and one. Yeah. Yeah. Does it say Philly's in first at two four and one?
0: Um, but yeah, so Andy Dalton, 75 yards passing for the game. Uh, like you know, just awful. I mean, uh, the, all the notes I have here are from the uh, the Redskins, or I'm sorry, the Washington football team. Oh. Uh, Terry, <laughs> Terry McLaurin uh, had seven <laughs> catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. So he's the note I have here is, uh, you know, last year he had 58 catches for 919 yards. This season he's on pace for 96 catches for 1,312 yards. Is he
1: going to be a superstar? I don't know about superstar, but he, he definitely looks the part as a number one receiver. Um, he he is crisp. I mean, that's just the perfect word to describe him. He is crisp. When he's at the top of his break, he's going to create separation, and he's crisp at, in and out of his breaks. He's crisp at the top of the point of attack. He's, he's just crisp. I mean, he's good. He's really fun to watch, honestly. If you like watching wide receiver matchups, watch – Terry McLaurin, he's so much fun to watch. He he gets DB spinning around. uh oh, it's he's he's so good. I mean, when you have Kyle Allen throwing you the ball and you're still getting 1,300 yards, I mean, you you've got to be getting open.
0: Uh, Kyle Walter, uh, his, uh, game of the week. Cowboys look so good.
1: <laughs> it, it what's rough with the Cowboys? It's the whole team now. It, it's it's you can't just point to one spot that you need to fix. Uh, I mean, the running game is atrocious and non-existent. What happened to Zeke? What happened to be a dominant running football team? What happened to having three all pros in the number one offensive line? Now, I know you lost Tyron Smith. I know you lost Travis Frederick. And I think you lost Zach Martin. So you lose three all pros, that's going to hurt. But, I, I mean, you, you can't just lose your identity overnight. And I feel like they lost Dak and they did that.
0: Yeah, well, and that kind of comes to. I like to throw hypothetical situations, and, and, and let me throw this one out there. I don't think it's even close to remotely happening, but you know we can all talk about it. Let's love it. Yeah, Mike McCarthy sucks. I mean, he's, he's just, awful.
1: He, just he, fire he, him already.
0: That's what I'm saying. Get rid of him. And I'm thinking you take you know Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, um, Gallup, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott when he gets healthy, right? And what about Josh
1: McDaniels? I knew you were going to say that. You, If you if you had a Josh McDaniels dick right next to you, you would just blow <laughs> it all day long. That's all you would do. Uh, <laughs> um, no, obviously, it would be a good fit. I don't think Josh McDaniels is a good head coach. I've said this a thousand times. Uh, you can be a great coordinator and not a good head coach, and I think that's Josh McDaniels. I think when there's too much on his plate and he has too much to think about, he doesn't excel at what he does best, which is, Scheme and offense that's really tough to beat. Um, I, I think that you know there are a lot of head coaching options that I think would be better than Josh McDaniels. But I, I, I would love, I would love to see. Um, why can't I think of his name right now? Clemson's head coach.
0: Oh, Dabo Sweeney.
1: Dabo Sweeney to coach the the uh, Cowboys. All right,
0: I guess. Uh, I think that
1: that would be sick. Honestly, Urban Meyer coaching the Cowboys would be pretty dope too.
0: So Kyle, uh, our Cowboys fan says uh, the coaching staff lost the locker room too, in my opinion, which is yeah,
1: Exactly. We just agreed. It's, it, Him and yeah. Nolan are trash cans. Yeah, It's it's just, it, it seems like it's a fundamental, like the whole locker room is done. The whole, the whole team's kind of lost it. The defense is, you know, lost. They can't stop anybody when you're allowing 25 to Washington, I mean, that's that's just rough, which is shocking because I mean they've got talent up and down the board. So
0: the Packers 35 to 20 over the Texans. Again, no big surprise here. Texans dropped to one and six. Packers improved to five and one. Aaron Rodgers, 23 of 34, 283, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, how happy is Aaron Rodgers to have Devontae Adams back, who gets 13 <laughs> catches for 196 yards and two touchdowns?
1: I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP right now, right?
0: I would think so. That's kind of one of my talking points here.
1: Yeah, I think so. He's got to be thrilled. I mean, and Devontae Adams is, you know, arguably a top three receiver. Um, you know, I saw you comment on something where somebody said something about like Julio and you said, no, Hopkins. And I agree. I think D-Hop is the best receiver in the league. Um, But I think Devontae Adams is nipping at his heels for sure. I mean, it helps to have Aaron Rodgers throwing you the football, but he's still incredibly talented.
0: It does, and the stat I have here is that Aaron Rodgers, you know, completing 65% of his passes this year, 276 yards per game, 13 touchdowns, zero interceptions. So I guess my question is over, under for interceptions this year, too.
1: I mean, he's threw two against Tampa. But do you
0: have two? Oh, I thought I said zero on uh, the thing I was reading.
1: No, that must have been, like, in a certain quarter or stat or because so, I know he's got more than 13 touchdowns, too. Oh, okay. I must
0: have just gotten, yeah, faulty stats.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, he's got he's got nine in three games. So, because he's got two games with, with eight – or two games with four. So, you may have had a different wrong stat. But, yeah, he had two against Tampa. But, over-under, he has five? Definitely under. Okay, yeah. I'm taking the had... – he, he, he rarely has, like, a ton of interceptions.
0: Well, I, I think – I don't know if it was last season or the season before, but he's had seasons where he's had like twenty-seven and four picks. So.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he does that honestly, kind of consistently. The... Oh, and then Deshaun Watson's trash. I don't know what happened. Or they the not Deshaun Watson. The Texans are just trash. Oh we yeah, don't the Texans are just absolute garbage. Yeah.
0: Um. The uh, Lions uh, improved to three and three. The Falcons dropped to one and six. So the Falcons are kind of in that um you know, the fields uh, sweepstakes. And basically, but Matt Ryan, thirty-one of forty-two, three thirty-eight in a touchdown. Um, Todd
1: Gurley, they just a new way they to win. lose every game.
0: Yeah. well, weren't they ahead? Yeah, then they blow the lead again.
1: Yeah, to go on. Continue with your talking about Todd Gurley though. Todd Gurley oh, scored a touchdown when he shouldn't have. He should have ran out the clock. There's <laughs> just it. no situational awareness. It's wild.
0: Yeah, two touchdowns. Well, I think Todd Gurley. I was going to say he's having a decent year. I, I thought he was yeah. all washed up, but he's actually having a pretty good year. Um, you know, I wanted to bring up. I have to bring up uh, your boy Calvin Ridley, who had five catches and sixty-nine yards and a touchdown. Uh, who I should have taken, although AJ Brown did get me some points this week.
1: AJ Brown did ball. He had like a seventy-eight yarder. So,
0: yeah, I saw it happen. I was watching it. Uh, yeah. when I was watching that game. But uh, Julio eight receptions for ninety-seven yards. One of my talking points here for the Lions: DeAndre Swift uh, ends up nine carries, twenty-seven yards, four receptions, twenty-one yards. Child beater eleven carries, twenty-nine yards. So at what point can we just sit down the man with the switch who thinks he's a tough guy and put DeAndre Swift as your full-time starting (laughs) running back?
1: I don't think they believe DeAndre Swift can be a full-time running back. I think that's clear at this point. I don't think they think he can handle the load of 20 carries a game. Um, But, you know, we'll see. I also think maybe they're just holding on to him. You know, you don't want to kill your running back. Like we said, they already got a small shelf life. So you, you compound that by giving them 30 carries in their rookie season and, you know, That's just a risk of injury But I think he clearly needs to get more touches
0: Uh, Talking point again From Matt Ryan He's completing 65% of his passes this year He's averaging 300 yards per game The statistic I had on him was 12 touchdowns, 3 interceptions Uh, So 4 to 1 ratio Um, I mean What more can he do? I mean there's really nothing else He's not turning the ball over. That's not why they're losing He's doing everything he can possibly do And, And I was like you know is it time to move on from him? Do you stick with him? Because the problem is he's 18 million against your cap this year, but that becomes 40 in 2021.
1: Yeah, he will not be on the Falcons roster next year. I can I can pretty much guarantee that. They're not paying him 40, unless he restructures. They're not paying him $40 million. That will not happen. Um, like I said, they just find a new way to lose every week. It's just wild. It, it, it's just insane to watch this team crumble in different ways from that 28-3 to 3 game ever since that. They're just the epitome of just, here, hold my beer. Like, you think I can't lose this game? Just watch me do it. it, it it's just it's, – it's dumbfounding for me.
0: Well, and that's another – trade thing that comes up is Julio Jones. I think in the last two years it's like what's gonna happen with Julio? We got a trade deadline coming up. Is Julio gonna get moved at the trade deadline? He's still productive obviously, eight catches for ninety seven yards. He is under contract through twenty twenty three at twenty million per season, which I still think for as good as he is, twenty million is not a bad deal for him. So if you get him for three years and sixty million, I mean there's a market for him, but will the Falcons move on from Julio Jones before this trade line?
1: I'm not really sure. They're going to have to pay Calvin Ridley here soon, um, and they're going to have to give him a lot of money. Uh, so they got to worry about that. And then also they've got to worry about their quarterback that they're grooming next year. So if you get rid of Julio, then you lose kind of your, your one-two tandem that makes your team so deadly. I'd like to see him stick around. They get a guy like maybe a Justin Fields, and then, man, that's a scary offense, you know?
0: All right. Uh, I also really like the rumors that are always around the Julio and the Patriots. Uh, well, yeah, of
1: course. I mean, he fits on any team. Let's be real. I mean, any team is instantly better with Julio Jones. And he'll still get you probably a first or, or a high second-round pick, maybe a second and a third, something like that. Maybe you ship a first and send back a third and a fifth or something. But, I, I, I mean, he's still an incredibly talented, insane, tough matchup. So,
0: Well, we got a little bit crazy talking about Josh McDaniels to the Cowboys. So if we're gonna get nuts, like Michael Keaton says in Batman, let's get <laughs> nuts. Right? How about Julio Jones to the Packers?
1: Wow. I mean, I like it a lot. I like it a whole lot, actually. I think that'd be a really good fit.
0: Yeah, and then you cross from Devontae Adams. It's just, what do you do?
1: I mean, that'd be stupid. God, what do you do? Especially if they don't have to give up a one. If they can just ship a two or a three, you know what I mean? That'd be that'd be such a good fit. I mean, that'd be. I mean him in Baltimore too. Oh, yeah. I think would be a really good fit Julio in Baltimore. I think would be an incredibly good fit.
0: Kyle says, uh, "I agree. I think they should move Julio. They probably won't though."
1: Yeah, I don't think they will either, but uh, I mean if, again, like you said, if if the plan is to implode and rebuild, you know, you've got to get the the money or the the value out of them while they're still worth anything. You know, in a couple of years, if Julio's on the downswing and what you get a fourth form, like then what? Then is it really worth it? Kind of thing. You know, if you can still get a first or a second form, capitalize on that value.
0: You know what my favorite would be? This would be so perfect for Jets fans, right? Because right now, Jets fans are just clamoring. Like, you know what? We suck. We're going to lose every game by twenty-five. But we're going to get Trevor Lawrence. He's coming to New York. What if the Jets mess around and win a football game at the end of the year and Atlanta gets the first overall pick? <laughs>
1: I mean, any one of these one-team teams, I mean, they would be – if Atlanta gets the number one pick, they're – man, they're good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence is, is – the second he steps on a football field, he's better than half the quarterbacks in the NFL.
0: Right, And I'm saying, if you're giving them Calvin Ridley and Gage and Julio, um, it's a yeah. great start.
1: Yeah, Julio Jones and – Todd Gurley, that's, like you said, a resurgent Todd Gurley. Now, their defense is still atrocious. They'd have to fix that side of the ball too, but yeah. And they're in an incredibly tough division, but obviously that's the start you want if you're Trevor Lawrence. You want that over the Jets, that's for fucking sure. Huh. You're
0: rooting for them to win one game and screw up.
1: <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> you're like, God damn it, Buffalo, why you have to win that game? <laughs>
0: All right, so the Steelers uh, win 27-24 against the Titans. This was the game I was watching. It came on before the Patriots game, and I got to see A.J. Brown score the 70-something-yard touchdown. And, and the, the Titans made a little bit of a comeback. They couldn't quite because they were down 27-13 to or 27-10, something like that. They made a little bit of a comeback. Um, but looking over this game, uh, Ben Roethlisberger not plays, does not play good. He has two touchdowns, but he three interceptions. Um, so it no, doesn't look great there. Tannehill. Uh, 18 of 30, so not his usual 70% completion rate. So messy game for both the quarterbacks. Derrick Henry gets 75 yards. Um, Basically, my question here was, uh, you know, looking at, I mean, uh, Deontay Johnson had uh, nine receptions, two touchdowns. Juju Smith-Schuster had nine catches for 85 yards. At the end of the season, he's an unrestricted free agent. He has not signed an extension with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We haven't heard any rumblings that he will sign an extension with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They could have still franchise tag him, and the franchise tag is only eighteen million. So all day long, although if I'm him for eighteen million, I'm sitting out. <laughs> um, but I mean, is Juju Smith-Schuster? Is he going to make a deal with Pittsburgh, especially with Ben Roethlisberger continuing to decline? Is he going to want to stay there? Or is he going to move on?
1: I don't know if Pittsburgh is going to keep him. I think now with Pittsburgh with the emergence of Chase Claypool. Uh, And then Deontay Johnson next to him. I don't know if they need to pay a receiver, you know, 20 million, 22 million, uh, and then have that kind of guy. I think they can make it do with Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, then find another guy, especially with all this talent that's coming in from the college level with the wide receiver position. uh, It's kind of becoming more like the running back position where you can find really, really, really talented wide receivers in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth rounds, and they can be contributing starters. Um so I'm not entirely sure if they dish out the money to sign him.
0: All right. And that seems to be the feeling. I actually wanted to go back a couple of games here cuz we we didn't bring it up when we were talking about the Bengals but um well two things. One, Ty Higgins or T Higgins another good game for him. Five catches, 71 yards and a touchdown.
1: He does uh, look like he has a nice relationship with Joe Burrow going.
0: So uh that's another, I think and, that's for uh,
1: Joe Burrow throwing him open though.
0: It could be well AJ Green had seven <laughs> catches for 82 yards. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know AJ Green was still playing in the NFL, but uh, apparently he is. So if we talk about big name wide receivers, he's obviously still productive. You know, how about like an AJ Green to the Packers because he probably only cost you a fifth round pick.
1: I would snap that deal all day if I'm the Packers. I, I mean, the issue though is his cap space. He's he's a huge cap hit, so you'd have to figure out something obviously with Cincinnati where they'd have to pay some of the cap. So,
0: or just renegotiate it when he gets there.
1: Yeah, I mean that would be that would be the main issue to hinder any deal right now.
0: Um next game I have here on the docket, we've got the Chiefs forty-three to sixteen against the Broncos. Uh this one was just absolute pounding. The Chiefs moved to six and one, the Broncos a two and four. Mahomes, he only has two hundred yards passing, but he probably only played the first half of this game because it was just a nightmare disaster. Uh my you know, Le'Veon Bell gets in there, we talked about that. He had six carries for thirty-nine yards, so not too shabby there. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, eight carries for 46. Like I said, the star players didn't play a whole lot of snaps. Um, But the thing that I have here for the talking point in this game is for the Broncos, and that's Drew Locke. Before the season, the Broncos were all in on Drew Locke. This is the guy. He's going to be the future quarterback, the future franchise, the next John Elway for this franchise. Well, he goes 24 of 40, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. He actually has a 53% completion percentage, almost a 49, let's call it, 50 completion percentage in a season where everybody's completing 60, <laughs> you know? And he's got one touchdown to four interceptions uh, on the season. I know he's missed a couple of games, but when he has oh, played, he's, he's turned it over more than he's thrown it in the end zone. He's got Philip Lindsey there. He's got Melvin Gordon. He's got Sutton. Um, well, Sutton's been hurt, but you got Judy. Uh, is he really the future of that franchise? I mean, if I was Denver... I'd, Gone. I mean, we've
1: seen enough. No, I think that's more of just that's an incredibly young team trying to put it all together and just not being able to. Philip Lindsay's been in and out of the lineup. Melvin Gordon's been in and out of the lineup. Cortland Sutton got hurt after game two and hasn't been in the lineup. So he's got Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, two rookie receivers. He's got Noah Font, a second-year player. I mean, that's an incredibly young offense, and they're just not performing well. Drew Locke has been hurt a lot too so i think it's more of you know the, the circumstance right now i'm a decent fan of Drew Lock i think he's got plenty of talent i think he has the ability to succeed in the nfl and play quarterback uh, I, you know he's just got to get put in a situation that's better for him and, and right now that's just not it that team just can't succeed right now just because of of you know everything that's been going on just too many you know side you know issues
0: Well, in a a draft that seems to be very quarterback first-round heavy, we could see four, five, six first-round quarterbacks taken in this draft. Do you really want to roll your dice with Drew Locke and not take one of those guys this year?
1: I mean, kind of depends on where you finish. You know, like – because again, like, you know, I'm a huge Jamie Newman fan, but we haven't seen a lot of them. We haven't seen any of them, and we're not going to see any of them. So do you take him over a guy like Drew Locke who's, you know, already you've got a system and, you know, things like that? Do you really start over? I mean, if you get a guy like Trey Lance, obviously I think you jump all over it. And, you know, if a Justin Fields is there, which he won't be, but, you know, somebody like that. Brock Purdy is is playing extremely well. You know, he may come out, and, and he's got a chance to sneak in the first round. There are a couple guys that, you know, but are any of them really more talented than a three-year Drew Locke who's already got a grasp of the offense and things like that? I'm not really sure. All right. Um,
0: next thing we have is this one's going to be the one where you have to tackle it. Thirty-nine twenty-nine. The Chargers beat the Jaguars. It is the Jaguars who uh, go to one and six. Good call, Jesse. Carson Wentz and the Jaguars. <laughs> but uh, although Carson Wentz hasn't looked great, but
1: yeah, he uh, did. But now he looks great.
0: Uh, Justin Herbert gets his first win as a professional starter. Um, How about this for five starts, 308 yards per game, 12 touchdowns, three interceptions?
1: Yeah, Justin Herbert's pretty good at quarterback, man. (laughs) I'll give him that. He's playing really well. Uh, He's playing extremely good football. He's just slinging that tater, and he looks really comfortable back there. Uh, even when, you know, the team's down. Now, I know they're down a lot. They're throwing the football. In this instance, they're not down. But, you know, like like with Tampa, you know, they were throwing the ball all over the place because they were just down. And But, man, they look good. Keenan Allen is a great, you know, little security blanket to have. Uh, that team just looks – I mean, not that team. Justin Herbert is – I may have been wrong. I may have been wrong. It's still very early in his career, but I may have been wrong.
0: And I was going to say, I was hoping you were going to double down Max Kellerman style, right? And you're going to say, hey, listen, five starts, Ryan Leaf looked like a Hall of Famer after four starts. Yeah, <laughs> you know? so anything, and can
1: mean, yeah anything can happen. Um, I still don't think he'll be, like, the best quarterback out of this draft. Um, but I don't think he – he obviously looks like he's better than I uh, graded him out to be. He looks like he has a better mental grasp of the game than I initially gave him credit for, and that's the real difference right now.
0: And then we talked about this a couple of shows ago. I'll bring it up again because the Jaguars are one and six. But by all accounts, Gardner Minshew, seven starts so far this year, 265 yards a game, 65% completion percentage, uh, 13 to 5 touchdown to interception. He's a good quarterback and not even an average. Like he's actually a good quarterback, you know, but I still feel like nobody, not the Jaguars, maybe, not Although the Jaguars did trade Nick Foles because they were going with him, but I just feel like nobody around the NFL that I've talked to believes that Gardner Minshew is a starting quarterback in
1: the NFL. I mean, because he just can't win games. I mean, he's just not winning games. Like I, I, I didn't see this game, so I don't know if he's stat padding at the end of this at the end of the the game because I know the one game I think it was two games ago he he you know he had a great stat line, but they lost the game, and it's well because for the first three quarters he looked like shit. And then he turns it on and plays well in the in the second half or in the fourth quarter, but they're already too far down. You know, we talked about it before. My my favorite quality in a quarterback is if you can win me football games. I don't care how many yards you throw for. If you get a win in that column, that's more important to me. So I I, don't, I just don't know. I mean, even if it wasn't Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, I think the Jaguars should be looking for a quarterback. All
0: right. Um See here, Second to last game we have is the Cardinals, 37-34 over the Seahawks. Obviously, this is a Kyler Murray's coming out party, if you want to call it that. Russell Wilson, 1.0 versus Russell Wilson, 2.0. Um, you know, Russell Wilson has 388, uh, 360 for Kyler Murray. He also runs for 67 and a touchdown. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, we got 10 receptions, 103. Tyler Lockett, 15 for 200 in all three of Russell Wilson's touchdowns.
1: Hey, guess who yeah. didn't start Tyler Lockett?
0: Hey, good job. <laughs>
1: I was a little distracted this weekend, but, uh, yeah, I forgot to put him in.
0: Uh, My question, I guess, on this game here, well, your boy Isaiah Simmons hasn't really made a lot of noise this year Gets the interception uh, in overtime to seal the game.
1: He hasn't been playing well at all. Um, The transition to, like, real every down linebacker has been a little rough for him. Um, But, you know, in that play specifically, It showed exactly what he does really well. I mean, he sprinted back into coverage and made a play like a safety would. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the Cardinals looked incredibly talented. They look good. Uh, You know, the Seahawks don't. That defense is shaky. They don't scare me, honestly, as a Tampa fan. Seattle doesn't really make me nervous. The only team that makes me nervous in in the NFC is Green Bay. Um, I think Seattle may have an issue even getting out of that division.
0: Now, I didn't grab the footage of the chase down. Obviously, we've talked about Buda Baker.
1: I wish you did. How is that not what you have? God damn it, Wayne. I
0: wanted to get it, but I don't want to get kicked off again. That's
1: true. That's true. That's true. That's true.
0: So, but yeah, so throws an interception. Buda Baker's running down, and DK Metcalf just chases him down the entire length of the field, makes the tackle. Everyone's kind of been talking about it. I've seen some funny memes. I think Brandon posted one where it was like, um, you know, girls chasing the pumpkin spice. (laughs) But as great as it was, great hustle play by DK Metcalf. I'm going to say that. That said, it has absolutely nothing on Ben Watson chasing down Champ Bailey.
1: I don't know about that. Uh, I think it has everything to do with it. <laughs> Buda Baker's a legit 4-4 guy. And yeah.
0: Champ Bailey's a 4-3 guy.
1: What year was that though? I don't even remember. It had there's no way it was in Champ Bailey's prime. This is three year into the league, Buda Baker in his prime on a full sprint. That DK the best part about it all is just Buda Baker's kind of a small guy. Well, everybody's small compared to DK Metcalf. But and t- the giant DK Metcalf running behind and catching him, it was such an incredible sight to watch. I mean, that guy's a freak of nature. He's a cyborg. He's not a human being. He's just not. I think well, he's a robot.
0: So I went back and I watched the Ben Watson uh, chasing down Champ Bailey. And Champ Bailey caught the ball in the end zone. So he was running basically 106 yards for the mm-hmm. end zone. He got knocked out at the one. So basically – and Ben Watson was on the other side of the field, so it had to come diagonally.
1: Oh, that's easier him. though. You well, got the angle then.
0: So he actually had to run like 130 yards to catch him. Um, but here's the thing is that when he hit him at the one-yard line, Ben Watson cleaned his clock like, you know, Ronnie Lott. Just leveled just
1: destroyed him. him. Uh, that's – the other thing about that one too is that he did have the angle – um, but, I mean, again, it's not – it's still a long ways to run. But – and then DK Metcalf had to come, like, essentially kind of directly behind it. But, man, I mean, both are impressive. You know, it's like the chase down block or something like that. It's just they're exciting plays. And, you know, it, it, Seattle just losing this game, I think, is the bigger talking point because this is a divisional game, and you can't afford to lose these against teams like Arizona.
0: No, well, they're still the first team. I mean, they're still 5-1. and one. Uh, Arizona's 5-2. and two. So, I mean, they're still in the lead division. Like you said, their defense is very – we don't know what their defense is going to be. But Arizona is also very young, so we don't know what they're going to be. I mean, so those two teams, I think, both have problems. Neither one of them do I consider a Super Bowl contender.
1: I would uh, agree. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, But they're both
0: exciting teams to watch.
1: Very fun to watch.
0: And then the last game I have here obviously is a Monday night game tonight. It's 44 and a half Rams and the Bears, Brandon's favorite team from Triple Shot Sports. We're still fans of his, even though he thinks Emmett Smith is better than Walter Payton. And <coughs> does um, he really? Yeah, that's I, that's blasphemous. He, I think he actually said something like Walter Payton's like the seventh or eighth best running back of all time. He's got like Emmett Smith ahead of him. I don't curse Martin. Oh, ahead wow.
1: Ahead that's insane. Uh,
0: our uh, comment here is that oh, a new comment from David Stanley. uh DK will be the Megatron of this year. Uh, I actually
1: uh, think I actually think I can agree with that. He has all the same skill set. I mean, when he came out, everyone compared him to Megatron. It's everyone in the world compared him to Megatron. So wait,
0: Megatron was the second overall pick. DK Metcalf lasted to the end of the second round.
1: Yeah, but I mean that's for one. That's because DK Metcalf played in. You know, the SEC football, and, and doesn't really have the same wide receiver skills that Calvin Johnson had. But as an athletic Calvin prospect. Johnson
0: played at Georgia Tech where they won the wing option.
1: No, I know. That's what I'm saying. So he didn't really have the same wide receiver skills that Calvin Johnson has. Calvin Johnson was a natural wide receiver. DK Metcalf is an athlete playing wide receiver.
0: Okay. That's what I'm saying. But. Yeah. You know, but they're Johnson's still
1: compared always... because they're six four, two 240 pounds, and run four threes. So they're the only two guys to ever do that. Like they're going to naturally be compared to each other. And yes, DK Metcalf has every ability to become Calvin Johnson.
0: Well, didn't Cal wasn't Calvin Johnson six six? It was like six five and 3'8". from that.
1: I don't think so. I think it was actually six four and three. I'll I'll combine it up right now. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You yeah, yeah, look it up. Uh, but I'm gonna say six six, um, maybe a tad under. But I, I I'm not. To me, because I think we've had this discussion before, I think Calvin Johnson's the best receiver of all time. Better than Jerry Rice better than Randy Moss. I think he is my number one choice at wide receiver. So there's no way. And DK Metcalf in six games for me to say, oh, he's going to be just like Calvin Johnson because, again, I have Calvin Johnson as a GOAT, and I don't see DK Metcalf being the GOAT.
1: He's 6'4", 77 inches, which is 6'4". That's 6'5". It's 6'4". 72
0: is 6 feet. 77 is 6'5".
1: Bro, 77 divided by 12 equals 6.4.
0: 6.4. Yeah, that's 6.4. That's 4 tenths, tenths, not 4 twelfths.
1: Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Jesus Christ. You're right. That is 4 tenths. Yeah. (laughs) Math 101 here on Infinity. (laughs) You're right.
0: Yeah, 77 is 6.5.
1: Yeah. So Um, not (laughs) 6.6.
0: Close on, six 6.5 and
1: something. So we Anyways. were in the middle. It says 77 inches, so not 6.5 and something.
0: I'm just happy that you thought 6.4 was 6.4. Um, Whoa. How
1: many would make that mistake?
0: Like we're in the metric system, like we live in Canada.
1: Hey, yeah, yeah, we should metric system.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to the game at hand. The, the Rams and the Bears, the Bears are getting 5.5 from the Rams. Hmm. I'm automatically taking the Bears with that because their defense is yeah, ridiculous. Just... Yeah, I agree. So, I think the Bears Bears money line, I would say, even on this game, because I, I don't know if Jared Goff can beat this defense.
1: I don't I don't know if Nick Foles can beat the Rams defense either, though. Um, you know, obviously it all hinges on what you can do with Aaron Donald. Um, but yeah, I mean it should be a good team. This this over under is gonna be a tough one. I mean, I'd take the Bears and the and the points, but man, the the over under is tough. I'd probably take the under. I'm going to take the under.
0: Well, the, my my Vegas spread that I make up works out to 25-20, um, yeah, which sounds definitely. about right.
1: Yeah. But that's an over, isn't it? Yeah, that's an over. Yeah, yeah. 25-20 would be just over.
0: So that's why I'm like, ugh, I don't know. That seems about right because even if it's 24-20, that's under. I, yeah, I guess I take the under as well, but I'm taking the Bears and the money line. I'm calling it.
1: Ooh, I like it. Getting saucy. I mean, anytime you're a home dog, you, the money line bet's a nice bet.
0: And that kind of wraps up the show. I I do want to say, again, thank you to to, um, everyone who chimed in and gave us some comments. We always appreciate that. Wish we had nothing but comments to kind of go off of. It definitely makes the show longer, although we're running about an hour and a half because we don't have restrictions anymore. We're free. I got no strings to hold me down. (laughs) So definitely check out Belly Up Sports. They've got a lot of great shows. Check out the blogs, particularly mine, about Jordan and uh, LeBron. Some great stats there. And obviously, check out invadercoffee.com. Enter the uh, code Belly Up. You get 15% off your entire order. Something you might like, Dan, they actually have their creamer. has BCAAs in it. Oh, that's
1: what's up. Yeah. So that's if you're looking to,
0: looking to get your pump on, you want to have your coffee, boom, put it right in there. And you get 15% off. It's, I think it's $29.99 for a big jug of it.
1: Oh, nice. That's easy peasy. Uh, I want to give a big shout out. uh, EJ, I love you, man. Um, She's with us. Uh, He lost his mother, unfortunately. Um, And uh, I just want to say I love you, man. And uh, I love her, too. And, uh, yeah.
0: Well, that said, uh, Kenny, you want to take us home on our first day as the uh, Belly Up Sports?
1: It's over. It's over.